What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, it's Yas here and I'm calling today with a little favour to ask. Over the recent weeks and months, I've had loads of you get in touch with some great questions and today I'm going to be trying something new with the show. I'm trialling a Q&A segment where I'll be joined by a co-host and elite coach educator, Gerard Jones. Now these are discussions which are going to be taking place every Sunday evening at 7.30 GMT, live on Twitter space, if you wanted to get involved directly. Otherwise, I'll be releasing them here every Wednesday on the Coaches Network podcast. So for today's format, it's slightly different and for around about 30 minutes, each discussion will be dedicated to a question that has been sent in where myself and Joa will be going into some real depth and sharing our views and opinions on the topic in order to leave you with some key takeaways to consider in your own environments. So the favour I'm asking for today, guys, is if you could let me know your thoughts on the new format and you can do this by getting in touch on Twitter at thecoachesnet. Once again, that is at thecoachesnet. And of course, if you have a question, feel free to send that in too. Hope you enjoy the new format. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent and personal development. My name's Coach Yas and I'm a UEFA A licensed football coach, coach developer and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. So Gerald, I'm going to start asking you the question, man. I don't even know if it is a question, really, but players aren't engaging with practice or aren't engaged by practice. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so when I was looking at it, I was I was thinking to myself, I know we were talking about it before as well, it's an interesting one because, I mean, if I just go with the first bit, which is with, aren't engaging with practice, is that because the the coach isn't doing a good enough job of designing something that factors in, you know, what they enjoy. You know, often one of the biggest things I'll often say to our coaches is, have you ever asked the players, like, what do they love about playing football or, you know, for the US soccer? What do they love about the game? Because for some, it might be that they love the jewels, they love that aggressiveness, contact, that physical side of it. For others, it might be more... They love getting touches on the ball. For others, it might be the social. It might be the communication. It might be 
seeing people that they don't normally see on a week, right? And maybe they don't go to school with these guys or other factors. So, you know, or others that might be scoring goals, you know. So it's as mad as it may sound, it's just I'd love to find out, you know, what makes playing the game fun for them. And then as a coach, how can you design, incorporate that within the practice, within the within the design? So having a consideration for them, I think, is, is key. Or just making sure that, you know, no matter what we're working on within that block, we're trying to make it as relevant to them and so enjoyable so that when they leave, they feel that they've benefited in some way. Because often I think, you know, sometimes we might look at a practice and go, oh, it was a great session, parcels on the back, good day. But actually, one of those players might have gone, I was bored. You know, example, watched this the other day, really, really good practice. Um, Going on about last week, this was a tap-me defence I'm watching, clear units. Honestly, the goals that were being scored, and it was, um, and I'm guilty of this at times as well. You know, we're, we're putting the players through certain challenges. How quickly can we attack the wide spaces? That's linked into how they even played and scored goals on uh, Saturday as well. So they've definitely transferred it into the game. They're, they're doing really well. They've been working on this for a while. Um, one of the players for the opposition who we're attacking against is uh, constrained that he can only operate in and around the halfway so that keeps the shape and you know so that players don't collapse on the shape you know and they start they lose the spacing um we're obviously playing on half a pitch trying to manage the space but you know obviously i made the question to the coach which was have you switched him yet have you switched henry no but he's forgot about henry almost you know and this this kid is like a target player for the back three that we're attacking against yaz and he's been there for a while and the obvious one is that the kid's getting bored and he would leave that... Pra- and if we hadn't have changed him, that kid would have got left going like, what did I do today? That was boring. You know, and I mean, I'm mean, i wondering as well with the question is, you know, do, do kids even enjoy practice? You know, are they engaged by, by wanting to or seeing the value in having a practice and how important that is linking to a game? And it's funny because, you know, you've, we've all probably seen some of the stories of Eden Hazard, where apparently, you know, he'd, he'd trained with his shoelaces undone, you know, didn't really put a great effort in, didn't really um, work hard in training, would often be late, be lazy, but was tolerated because he didn't enjoy practice, but he loved the game. And when you give him the ball, he'd come alive and he could get, you know, your club your team, as he did, 20, 30 goals a season. He could create for you or score a couple of goals, you know. So then it makes that question, doesn't it, Yaz? I'll throw it back to you of, well, what's the relevance as well? Because you might get some players, and I've seen it, even when I was an academy coach at Rochdale, I always remember this one kid was terrible in practice, but on a game, he just turned it on. And actually, end up getting a scholar, end up signing, played a few times with the first team. He's end up going on to another club, but he was one that, and I always remember Tony Ellis, the academy manager. He always said, "You know, I'll take a game player any day versus someone who looks great in training, but then isn't, you know, can't perform in a game." So, you know, I'll throw it back to you: is that, is it that some might not see the relevance in training? 
you know, if we're not really ticking their boxes or we're not designing something that they see a value and perhaps that's why they're not engaged with the practice or by practice. What's your thoughts? No, I think it's a good question there, to be honest. I think for me, um, you know, starting off at the top of that is <laughs> what is a game player and why don't they enjoy training is probably what I, where my mind is leading to. Now, if they don't enjoy training but they come alive during the game, is it because maybe the coaches are in some ways failing to recreate the pressures and the challenges that the game gives them, the thrill that the game gives them? So coming back to your question about, or your point about why do the players come to training? What do they enjoy about it? I think is a, is a big question to ask. And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's my naivety speaking here, but <clears throat> ultimately I don't think there's a single player that doesn't enjoy the competitive edge the intensity, the the, the the duels and the battles that you've talked about. But I think it's just pitching it at the right level for them. So are we just putting a generic practice on which we're expecting everyone to engage in those duels and those battles? Or are we actually, you know, you know, extrapolating it further and looking at, right, what are the duels and the battles that we're putting them in that they can actually manage to handle and deal with? Um, I think there is a, there's definitely a point to be made around are the coaches and I say are their coaches, I think, just as a community of coaches, are we doing enough to help the players understand the benefit of the practices that we're putting on? And there's one thing to help them understand the benefits, but actually, is the practice actually benefiting them in that way? And I think that's another another point to kind of consider. It's like, just because we as coaches think uh, there's a benefit to the practice, doesn't mean it necessarily is that, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the players align their thoughts and their ideas around what beneficial practice actually is. Um, I think another point to probably make in there is that I think we need to start to encourage coaches to encourage their players to understand that when coming to train, they should come to train and not to be trained. So I think that's another point just worth making there. And I think you know, there's, there's so many diff- different directions this conversation going, but I think fundamentally it's are we doing enough to understand what engages the players in their practice? Because you know, where, where this question has kind of come from was a recent conversation I had with a couple of coaches around <clears throat> the engagement of players in their sessions. And, you know, one of the points that kept on coming up with different coaches was that, oh, the players show up and they, you know, it's as if they don't want to be there. And I'm saying, OK, I get that. However, I highly doubt there's a situation, unless it's, you know, especially at the younger end of the spectrum where you've got maybe foundation phase players potential even younger, where parents are dropping them off whether they want to be there or not and it is what it is but certainly with the older players especially kind of maybe 14 plus maybe I, I think it's very rare that you're going to get a situation where players show up not wanting to be there and if that then presents itself as a lack of engagement then the question I'm asking is well is it that they're not engaged or your practice is not engaging them um, or your you know your session as a whole was not engaging or your behaviours as a coach is not engaging and whatever whatever you know way you wish to look at it, ultimately are you taking enough accountability and responsibility as a coach to recognise actually you're part of the problem too. I love that a lot. Oh sorry. I don't know if you're still going are you done? Yeah, I love that a lot, Yaz, because I think we've got to hold ourselves accountable 
as coaches say, you know, what are we doing to make this as meaningful as possible for the players? So, you know, we, I mean, one thing I've been using a lot recently, I love acronyms, I love little things like that, or I love um, uh, anything that, like in threes, because we remember things in threes, just to try and paint something that's memorable in the mind of the, never mind the players, but in the coaches, just think it's something to guide our practice. So, you know, at the club I'm with now, I've introduced things called three eyes. So inspire, involve and inform. And often a lot of the time we're, we're informing or we're providing information, whether it's technical detail or whatever, the coach is instructing or, you know, guiding players effectively how he wants them to play or what they want. You know, we really want the players to solve the problems, but ultimately we're, we're sharing our thoughts, right, for our coaching points. So that'll obviously influence coaching behaviours. And then my challenge is, well, we're doing a lot of this informing, but some of it might be boring for the players or they're not really understanding why, even in the design of the rules of the activity or the conditions or the the any challenges that are involved in the task. Is it really fun for the players? Like, Because it's informing how we want to play. There'll be certain constraints that if we're clever, how it'll influence certain player actions. But again, do the players know why we're doing what we're doing? So, you know, I've gone down the realm of like inspiring and involve. So how can you co-design? How can you involve them in the design of certain challenges? How we can make it more difficult? How we can make it more challenging for them, for their team? Creating little missions? Um, doing stuff where not everything's announced. So, you know, often we announce everything, don't we? And we'll say, hey, blue team, you're doing this. Number of passes you make equals number of goals you score. Reds or yellows, whatever colours we're using, whatever. You're going to be doing this and you're scoring in these goals. And your objective is... So everything's announced. So everyone knows everything. Whereas obviously in a game, it's not announced. It's random. And you've got to discover and figure out what are the opposition trying to do. So a lot of the stuff we've been doing is more unannounced and a little bit like tactical warfare, if you like. So we've been purposely putting players on certain areas of the field and figuring out, you know, do the opposition know what we're trying to do? Have the boys worked out, hey, they're getting goals by attacking us. They're looking to play on the outsides and they're using this player, so we're going to double up on them. And then we move the player to the other side and then think, oh, how do they deal with that? Do they put the same person that have done on it on, you know, to man-mark that player or not? Or So we've actually been creating environments where it's becoming inspiring in the sense that the players are becoming the coaches. So they're having to figure out the solutions so that isn't always the coach going, right, you, you guys, you know, because we recognise Yaz is a threat. We're going to, you know, and I know so-and-so is, a, is the best man-marker or better defender. I want to move them over there to deal with Yaz. We've allowed the players to make those decisions. So I think that's one way, perhaps, not the only way, but it's one way that to engage with players, are you giving them more responsibility and accountability? And to your point, they know why they're doing it. So that they're not just coming for the sake of coming, but they're actually involved. So we've used that, involve and inspire, um, because you want to go beyond training. You want to, yes, they're coming into this environment, but that's to inspire 
further learning and, and enhance further performance in the future, right? Um, we don't just want it to see these one-off events. But I think the challenge becomes, and to your last point, Yaz, is that coaches aren't necessarily thinking really about the engagement of the player. So, you know, what things are we doing that could turn this player off? If we're designing an activity, but this guy isn't really involved in that, well, we're going to lose them. So what other things can we do to keep them engaged so that they understand it's relevant to them? Or even if it's not and it's for the benefit of others, they've still got a role to play in that, but they'll get something, whether it be there or later on, there's something for them, right? Um, You know, I always remember one lad years ago just felt he was never getting enough opportunities or repetitions to finish in the sessions. So I purposely, again, you know, took it upon myself. He'd given me the feedback. I tried to create not only possession games and activities where they were getting opportunities to score, but they're the ones where he needed higher reps. I'd have like 15, 20 minutes of, of time that would be built in for him and one or two others. So that way, even though we're working on other concepts, team concepts, that boy still felt like he got something out of the session. You know, so I, I, can coaches hold themselves more accountable to to achieve this? Yes, you know that's that's probably going to be one of the questions. No, I think some great points there. I want to start though by going back to you know your three eyes: involve, inspire, and inform. I think that inform piece is really key, um, and I think it's just recognizing that actually, just because you want to work on something, doesn't mean the players will. Just because you want to work on something and see it as important, doesn't mean the players will. Just because you've identified this is an area that we're going to cover doesn't mean the players think it's of any relevance. So I think it's just really the informed part is it is important, but I think it's not informed as if to say, right, just this is the rationale behind it, if that makes sense. I think it's definitely about engaging with the, in, the players in this case and actually challenging them to, you know, again, count on whether the re- there is any relevance to it, if that makes sense challenging them to you know try and understand whether there's any relevance because if you can't get them to understand the relevance of it the ultimate thing is you're never going to engage them anyway um they'll do it to a point they'll do it for maybe a few moments but then as soon as they realize actually what what we're doing here we don't see the importance or the relevance of it you're going to lose the engagement anyway so it's constantly checking in with them right do they understand why we're doing it and if they don't understand i think in some ways as the coach you've almost got to be the salesman right You've got to sell the session to them in a way where they feel, actually, yeah, this is worth my time. This is worth, you know, this is, I'm getting banged for my buck here, if you like. And I think that's probably the biggest pip, the biggest bit. And I think when you start to realise that actually it becomes less about what the coach wants to do and more about what the players want to do. And not to say that they want to pick and chop and change the themes themselves, but actually what does this theme or this concept mean to them that we're trying to work on? How does it look for them in comparison to how it looks for me? How it looks for them, is that is 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 that presented to them in a way or do they see that in a way where it can't be actualised and related to the game? Because if it can, let's just go with their perception and their understanding of it and look to fill in some blanks around it in terms of where we want to maybe drop what drip feed information or another layer of detail on top of it, if you like. Um, and then it kind of leads me on to this other thought that you know I've been, I've been playing around with recently, like, should we just scrap themes and just set, and just set questions as themes for the session? 
should we you know, move away from the idea of you know finishing practices or passing and receiving practices because the reality is if you're going to do game related practices in some way shape or form all of these things are going to be involved anyway and I'm not saying go down the route of just playing games that's definitely not what I'm saying but maybe set questions and tasks as um, guiding principles for what you want to work on if that makes sense so as an example of that it might be right uh, you know Tonight, Gerard, Tony, Warren, Johnny, Carl, Daniel, Marcin, we're going to be working on what it looks like to play out in the play, play, play in the wide areas in the midfield third, as an example. How do we break this? And then present it as a question. So how, how to break down the opposition in the wide areas in the midfield third and see where that takes you. Set up a practice which engages them in that area of the pitch visualize visualize what that looks like on their game day transfer that to the, the element of the practice but also not be um distracted if you like or misguided by the number of players you've got so just because you've got x amount of players let's say 20 players in your group training tonight doesn't mean every single one of them has to be playing in their set positions per se but actually you might have a practice which caters for nine players and they just do two sets of players and just rotate the players around the roles um, or if you've got one particular group of players that you want to have them out of possession, rotate the in-possession players and, and, and get them to do sets and reps of, 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 the, of the repetitions of the practice and potentially even use that time where those groups are off the pitch to engage them in a different conversation around their observations, their, their, their takeaways, their, you know, their feedback to the other players around, right, as an example, if me and Gerald are going to rotate in the roles of the practice, right, what do I see when Gerald's playing? Gerald, what do you see when I'm playing? What's the feedback you can give me there? But, you know, these are different ways in which you can engage players. But ultimately, I think it comes back to that informed piece and the relevance of it to them. Do they understand why they're doing it? But do they understand why they're doing it in relation to the relevance of their game and where they're at in their journey? So, you know, there's, there's just a few kind of thoughts and ideas around that. But I think fundamentally, if I'm ever looking at a session and saying, right, players aren't engaging with the practice or I'm addressing the question of actually, is it that they're not engaging with the practice or they're not engaged by the practice? I think it does, you know, really call out coaches to ask themselves, right, am I taking enough accountability, enough responsibility to understand that actually when players aren't engaging, ultimately it's my fault. And that's the way I see it. I think if more coaches start to look at things that way, put their egos aside maybe if they if if that's the challenge that they've got and start to ask themselves, right, players aren't engaging, just take responsibility. It must be something you're doing. Whether you think it's right or whether you think it's wrong, whether you think players should be showing up to to train or not, the bottom line is if your practices aren't seeing the players flourish and engage and you know want to be involved in it, it's not good. It's not good enough. It's not relevant. So just you know, just a few thoughts there. Maybe it's a bit harsh. I don't know. No, I don't think it's harsh. It's, I mean, two things I'm going to sort of pull from that is going back to an earlier point you made which is about the game so you know even when talking about players that necessarily don't find training that fun or whatever but they'll perform in a match is it because the coach is is failing them to not meet the demands or the intensity of the challenge of the game that the that, that fulfills their need and also I think it's a good point to measure on it's not harsh uh, I think it's it's sort of a, a, a truth, isn't it? An undeniable truth, which is if we look at ourselves in the mirror and hold ourselves accountable more as coaches, we're probably going to do a better job. So actually, I think it's good in that 
we've got to be harder, you know, and say, oh, actually, that's on me. Like, we can blame the players for little things, but versus making excuses why they aren't engaged with or by or whatever, what am I doing to ensure that they can be? So I like it. And then obviously your point about the questions, I think it's an interesting one. I know we spoke briefly about it last time. Um, and I, I like questions as a, as a learning mechanism. I think what we've got to do is, I mean, anything we can do to create learning is is good, isn't it? And a value. So if we're asking questions of how how can we achieve this, how can we attack wide spaces, or how can we finish goals, or how can we uh, defend in these wide areas, or whatever it may be, by phrase it as a question, does that elicit players to discover more and search more, perhaps? So I think, you know, you're on to summer, and then the question will be, does that have to be every session, that it's phrased like that? Um, or is it just better to phrase it like that for us as coaches, but we don't always have to, you know, phrase it. Like, for example, you know, before you were saying about themes, most coaches will say, you know, the, the topic for tonight is whatever. But do they ever really say, hey, here's a topic tonight and here's my key factors or here's my objectives or here's my whatever? Um, not really, you know, so... Could it be more that that's just information for us as coaches on our session plan, if you like? You know, but then it, it guides our thinking of, you know, how clear are we in our minds to go after something? I don't know. Or maybe we do say it to the players and actually put it the onus on them of like, hey, how do we solve this problem? This is a game problem. It occurs. How are we going to solve it? So I think there's loads in there that, you know, you're inspiring thought, which is good. Uh, I'm curious, you know, from the group, really, what everyone's observations are or questions on any of that. I think just before anyone else weighs in, I think it's important that you recognise by posing the, the session as a question, that in itself should hopefully get them engaged, at least for the first part, in terms of maintaining their ideas around, right, what is it that we're working What does it look like for me as an individual? What might it look like for us as players <coughs> in different positions of the pitch, as an example? So I think... It, you know, it's an idea I definitely encourage coaches to try. I think it's certainly one where I think as a coach, you know, you talked there about key factors. I think I think key factors should be kept to ourselves because the key factors because then influence the thinking and the ideas of the view that players may have. And I think fundamentally, you know, where I've kind of ended up in my own kind of delivery is what are the objective factors? What are the subjective factors? The objective factors I might be as an example. Well, we're going to have to stick to the principles of play as an example. Um, what that then looks like is not definitive, but the tools required or the tools that you can utilise within that as in, you know, making sure the players understand they can do that through passing, they can do that through dribbling, they can do that through moving, you know, running with the ball um, and finishing ultimately. Those are the, those are objective. That you know, that's not that's that's not up for debate. Um, you know, it, it reminds me of a question I had the other day. Is like, how important are the principles of play to coaches? Are they, are they recognising that actually those are the guiding those guide those are the literally the guiding principles of the game? Um, you know, I went to watch a coach recently, and he wanted to work on, you know, creating overloads as an example. Um, and I'll say to Rocket, well, why do you want the overloads? 
to give you on the overload so that we can create more. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply opportunities to penetrate and I'm saying yeah but your players are already getting opportunities to penetrate so why is the overload now important because the overload should be used as a method or mechanism to try and create the opportunities to penetrate but then losing sight on actually your players are already doing it why are you not focusing on that because I think you know then use and I say I use that as an example to say actually that 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 might be another way in which you might start to lose engagement in your players because if they start if you start dragging their attention to what you want rather than what they actually need in, in, in a practice then you end up in a situation where they eventually will switch. Well, actually, you no, know, we're already getting in those opportunities. But equally, if the coaches have done enough work with supporting the players and understanding what those principles are, but then obviously that's then determined to how well the coaches actually understand the principles themselves as well. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but I think it's a great opportunity for anyone else if they've got any questions or any insights they want to add or share around their own experience on this. That'd be amazing. Yeah, I think we can get a few people in. Guys, if anyone wants to speak first or, or join in. Evening, Tony. You want to start us off? How are you, man? I'm good, mate. Thanks. Yeah, had a really good week. Um, I thought that I would speak just to try and kick some of the others into action. And it looks like Warren's jumped on as well. So I think you may have touched on it. Uh, slightly with with what I was going to say um, and it's for me we as coaches and I'm listening to you two speak there and it's absolutely 100% factual um, I don't have any uh, debate with, with what's being said but my point uh, and I've, I've touched on this 
when we've done some of the other um, when we've done some of the other spaces. Do players approach training with the same approach as coaches? I think that depending on the level that that you're working at, some kids are uh, and, and adults. Some some players are turning up because they have committed to the club. They've committed to playing football once or twice a week, but they couldn't care less what we put on. You know, we do. We can do all the session plans we like. We can talk about principles of play and key factors and everything else, and they're really important to us because this is, in some cases, our our job, uh, our calling, whatever you want it to be. But players just want to play. And then it's, I guess, the way to keep them engaged. And again, you've, you've, you've touched on it, is in some cases to, to give them what they want rather than what we think they need. Hey, Tony, sorry. I don't know if I lost you there, if you're still going or if it's finished. No, I, I'd finished, but it all sounded a little bit dead. That's why I just waved in case. I don't I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was weird. Just cut off. Um, no, I think it's a bloody good point, to be honest with you. I mean, they, they're not really bothered. They just want to play. But then my question back to you is, we've, we've all gone through this coach head and we're going through all this myriad of information, right, in terms of, Session design and match day and coaching and environment and parents and all the rest of it. Are we doing too much? You know, because we're going through all this. You know, I loved your words because it's our maybe it's our calling or whatever. But they don't give a shit about any of this. They just want to turn up, <laughs> get a bit better, and play and, and and play a game. So. You know, are we? I, I could be going off on a one, but I'm just. I was just thinking then when you were talking, are we doing too much? Even in a lot of the coach ed, are we going away from the, the the sort of simple thing, if you like, which is how can we make this as enjoyable for them as possible? They just want to play, versus like over, over. Uh, what's that expression or whatever? Like engineering or whatever. Like we're overthinking it. You know? Oh, are we? I don't know. Yeah, do you know, I, I think that is kind of the point that I'm trying to make. Um, and, I, and I'm not saying that Coach Ed um, has got it wrong, because I think that if you're going to put yourself into a situation where you are in, let's call it an elevated position of responsibility, um, because you are responsible for somebody else's kids, if you're working in youth football, or you're putting yourself in a position of responsibility where adults are coming to you um, to give them something that they want, that they feel that they can't give to themselves, you know, whatever that might be. Um, but actually, we, you know, I think we do, you know, we've been given all this information, we, we read the books, we listen to the podcasts. I don't, I don't like podcasts, um, no offence anybody, um, but... I just think I just think that um, some people are then they want to repeat as much as they've they've heard and they've listened to 
And, you know, if you start, if I start talking to players, some players, not all players, if I start talking to some players about half spaces and verticality, um, I'm just going to get laughed out of the room. Look at, um, I, I, I'm fairly sure it's an accurate quote. He's just got the sack. Um, Graham Potter coming out with things yesterday about, yeah, well, we had more XG than them. Well, nobody gives a stuff about it because you got beat 2 0 and you've just lost your job. So just, you know, teach what you need to teach. Don't try and be over clever with it. It really is a simple game. And I've always said this there's a goal at either end, defend one, score in the other. And how you get from A to B is down to you and your players. Love it. Completely love it. Especially the bit. I actually haven't seen that interview. I'm I'm on my laptop now trying to Google it. I want to try and find it. But it just goes to show, doesn't it? We're probably going away from the simple stuff, really. So, no, brilliant. Warren? Hello, chaps. At long last, I've plucked up the courage. So, uh, good evening, everyone. Um, yeah, no, basically, I'm going to agree very much with what Tony was saying, to be perfectly honest. And um, my experience is pretty much grassroots, um, but sort of at the under-16 level when lads are finding other things that are, are, are taking their attention away from football, shall we say. The, you know, life moves along. Um, I'm involved locally, you know, it's grassroots, but a lot of the lads have played um, sort of ju uh, junior Premier League standard and that sort of thing. So there's some decent little players out there. Um, but I also, you know, with some of the coaches within the club, you know, I listen to them and I watch them and and I hear them and and I see just how disengaged that you know the uh, certainly the lads are becoming with some of this and it's it's almost like well I've I've done my coaching course I've I've done this and I've done that, um, uh, but they're not they're not engaging perhaps with the players. Um, and I think that that's something that, you know, we all need to, to take a reality check, perhaps at times, and just um, get on board that what we're actually there for. You know, it's okay saying that we're a coach, but 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 are we coaching them in life skills as well? And I know it's not potentially our job, um, but 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 to see the boys out there, and you know, if if they're coach, if they're training and they're smiling and they're enjoying it, it's fantastic. But, you know, over the winter period, I've seen boys, 16 lads on, on, on a football pitch. They're doing uh, passing drills and various other things. And at any one time, there's just four players engaged, 12 players standing around absolutely shivering in the freezing cold. And just really to to, to milk the ego of, of a coach sort of thing. And I, I think that, you know, we, we need to just take a yeah, just step back at times, that's all. No, I love your point, Warren, especially the life skills. I think that's a, a, an absolute in the, you know, how we prepare these players for society at every level, never mind grassroots, because ultimately we want to make sure that, you know, we can tap into the fact that, yeah, we're, we're, we're coaching this thing, which is great. It's a round ball, it moves. But the power of the ball, without getting too fingy, it's true, isn't it? It connects people all over the world. It's, it's an amazing thing, this ball, that brings us all together so that we can use it as a vehicle to develop so many key qualities, like you said, life skills. We should be. Um, 
if anything, some of the life skills or some of the skills, the, the models that were the were modeling the behavior, sorry, are probably not always the best. You know, if we're arguing referees, we're sulking when things don't go our way. You know, I'm just thinking then I've, I've still got in my mind, you know, Tony mentioning Graham talking about the expected goals. You know, we're, we're, we're talking about things that just have no relevance or we're, we're finding other excuses. How was that modeling, you know, for the players? So, uh, uh, probably a question there becomes is what values does every club have? Do you even have clear values in your club that extend beyond something that looks great on a PowerPoint or a website? Actual, true, living behaviours, and how do we coach them? You know, should that be a focus in every practice? So almost like you know, if one of our values is ownership or one of our values is whatever that's a focus in every game or responsibility or respect or whatever it may be. And you're almost coaching that in every training session as well as every match. But then you're engaging with the players on that. You, you, you're meeting the standards yourself. So you're not, you know, you, you actually said it as well. And yeah, it's good stuff. I don't know if there's anything from your end, Yaz. I think importantly, I think, you know, whether explicitly or not, the life skills things has to come into it, right? Um, you know, the, the, these are things they're going to have to learn to develop, and whether we whether we explicitly focus on them or not, I think they're going to develop these things in their football experiences. And I think it's important for us to kind of, as coaches, maybe take more of an opportunity to actually highlight that actually some of these are transferable skills they're going to have to be able to use later on in life, whether that be in this football context or another, or even just in general life. So I think, you know, I think it's a great point. Um, I don't think it's a case of should we. I think it's definitely it's just part of it. I don't think it's an, I don't even, I think it's a non-negotiable in some ways in that respect. So I think it's really important for us to look at that and say right, how much are we maximizing the time that we have with our players? And you know, does it always have to be explicit? You talked there earlier about being unannounced with some of your intentions, maybe. And I think this probably falls into that as well. So I think you know it's a great point made by Warren there. Right? Um, but I think, in my opinion, is definitely it's a non-negotiable. Coaches should be looking at, or whether they like it or not, that it's going to happen. So can we bring more, some more awareness and attention to the fact that you know players are going to find things challenging at times. Players are going to find things that are boring at times. But I think it's it, it shouldn't be then utilised as an excuse for for coaches as well and say, well, you know, you're not going to like everything in life, so that's why you're going to have to do some things that you don't enjoy. But actually, no, I think training's different. Yes, there's going to be things they don't enjoy, but can we can we do what we can to actually make it as enjoyable as possible and relevant as possible? And ultimately, if people are finding it relevant, it's it's very rare, in my opinion, that if you find it relevant, you're gonna you're gonna be disengaged with it and maybe quote unquote not enjoy it. But I think if you understand the benefit well enough, um, you'll get it done. So I don't know, just a side note, really on on. on how players may view view some of these challenges and how coaches maybe should approach it potentially. But I think some great points there, both from Tony and from Warren there. Johnny, good evening, man. How are you? Evening, fellas. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm enjoying it tonight. Um, just on this sort of point we're on the now, like a general point, I don't know how you, you guys all feel, but I think the world's changed a lot in just a few short years. The and everyone listens to the podcast now too, right, Johnny? Yeah, man, I, I, I'm trying not to have a wee pop at Tony here, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm seething, my man, I'm see, I was listening to yours the other day, seething, <laughs> but um, I just think the world's changed, COVID lockdowns, social media influence, 
I think that's had a huge impact. It's changing the way that kids from, I don't know what, 5 to 15 look at the world now. The interests are changing. I think TV and programs, things like Love Island and Netflix, I think these have all, you know, getting everything on demand all the time, I think has, has caused a bit of a change. And I think it's a really interesting topic you're talking about. But what I was going to do is actually just switch it a little bit um, and and I'm thinking about players that I've coached that have been disinterested, but the reason hasn't been football. I don't know if you want to cover this or not, but little things like maybe the players are just forced to go by their parents. They've done it for so long, they just go, they have to do it. Then you've got the social impact. Have they fallen out with someone in the group? Have they fallen out with a couple of their friends? Is that why they're not interested? Have they got negative experiences from other sports or other coaches that's maybe influencing your practice? Um, you know, are there other aspects within their school life that is impacting them? So maybe you need to have a little chat with parents or a guardian or one of their friends or with them just to kind of figure out where they are in their lives as well. Because it's not really been touched on, but I think... Sometimes it might not be the coach, it might not be the practice, it might be an area outside it. And I don't know if you just want to touch on that, but I did want to raise that as a point. I think it's a great point. I'm just going to jump in real quick. I think it, we haven't spoke about it tonight, but it's huge, isn't it? In terms of actually factoring in, like, are they there just because the parents are dropping them off if we're talking younger? You know, and almost like babysitting, or just the parents want them to be there more than the actual kid wants to be there, or are there other factors going and affecting them. I mean, we've we've had this even recently with family members and issues going on at home that then affect the the child. Um, we've had to do stuff where we've even had to have conversations with parents purely about their conduct on a match day because it's affecting so much of how. You know, this player plays basically, and worst, he's a goalkeeper and plays in goal. And you know, that's probably one of, the, of all the positions there is no real hiding place, right? Because as soon as the ball's in around that area, you know, people are watching. Whereas in other areas, you can probably make mistakes and it gets forgotten. And he's obviously got a, a dad who's quite intense on the sideline, and we've had to manage that as well. I think it's it's a huge point you bring up. Um, and I think, if anything, we probably need to, in every environment, almost have like a a chart, really, of like who are the, the sort of key influencers in that player's life, that child's life, you know, and then what's their level of influence? Because almost like we did this years ago on a, a course, funny enough, in a different context, but basically... We were talking about like circle of influence and then level of influence and then whether or not how well our line of communication was with those people. And then obviously we were able to reflect that the certain people who are having an influence of the certain factors that are occurring, but we're not having any communication with that person. We're almost spending more of our energy and time in other areas. Right. So I think it's a, it's a huge point, Johnny, to be honest. Um, I don't think it's a throwaway either. It just goes to show how much goes into coaching, really. I mean, there's so many hats that we wear. Um, we're certainly not getting paid enough money for it. I know that. I 
I think that's such a great point, Jordan. That's the the one kind of key thing that popped into my head as as Johnny made the point is that I think we often have to recognise and understand and, and just remind ourselves actually, in many cases, coaches are just volunteers. There's only so much time in their day and their week that they can commit to obviously this type of thing. But I think it's also the clubs being a bit more conscious, deliberate, and you know maybe doing the due diligence to understand actually what what is needed in this environment to make sure the players can flourish, the coaches can effectively and appropriately engage. You know, how important if, you know, obviously people are always talking about it, but how, how active are many organisations in the safeguarding of players and their welfare in that respect? How much, you know, work is being done, you know, behind the scenes and off the grass, if you like, in terms of understanding some of these things? I mean, there's so many brilliant ideas that we can probably come up with around how we can probably do it better um, but I think it's also just being realistic to the fact that is it feasible by all the organisations and all the coaches that work for them? So I think sometimes, you know, it's just then then puts into question, right, actually, our, our majority of the organisations actually fit for purpose. You know, if if they're not considering some of these things from the, from the get-go around players' welfare and the influences around them, how well are they able to then engage and support these players, in, you know, appropriately? So I think it's definitely a point worth making and probably really a challenge for coaches are you doing enough? Are you thinking about some of these things? Are these even considerations that are on your mind when it comes to supporting your players? Or are you just very quick to just write them off and just say, actually, that player doesn't really want to be here, so I'm not going to give them my attention? When in actual fact, they're probably the ones that need the attention most. Um, but it's also recognising this, and this, is a, this has been a recent topic of conversation for me with a few coaches around you know, the difference between treating everyone equally and treating everyone fairly. I think you should have some consistent guidelines or a code of conduct of some sort in your environment, but also recognise everyone is an individual, so you can't approach every situation with the same kind of the measuring stick, if you like. You know, you're going to have certain players in there that do have different considerations that need to be made, and that might not be consistent with everyone else in the group. But I think it's, as long as there's a shared understanding within the organisation or the community or even the team setting to understand these are some of the variables which we're dealing with, um, and making sure that everyone in the environment is aware of that without going into too much finer detail around individuals' um, personal circumstances, if you like, but making sure that everyone understands that, yeah, you know, we are going to try and treat everyone as fairly as possible, but that also doesn't mean it's going to be equal. Um, so I think it's a really, it's really, really good point, Johnny, uh, to highlight. And I think, you know, if I want to bring it back to the topic of the conversation around players aren't engaging with practice or, playing, or players aren't engaged by practice... And I just want to kind of maybe just throw in some considerations and just thoughts for coaches to think about, really, you know, in terms of are we doing enough to understand why players come to training? Are we doing enough to understand what engages players in the game? So if you've got those game day players, what 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 is it about the game day that changes for them, really gets them involved and engaged with that? Have we done that? Have we done that work? Have we, have we asked those questions? Have we, have we made those observations? Um, and then obviously within the practice itself is how much of that is then relevant and re- referenced within your practices. You know, I think really <laughs> coach education has changed a lot recently, especially here in England. And, you know, some would say that the bar is now lower than it once was. But I think for those coaches that are out there listening to this, if you want to be a deliberate and intentional coach and you really want to support your players as best as you can, how much work are you doing away from the courses and the coach education? How much work are you doing away from, you know, just quote-unquote formal CPD? What's the, what about the informal stuff? Are you having enough conversations with other coaches? 
If you're not, can you be having more conversations with other coaches? If you don't have those coaches to speak to, a great place to start is this community. You know, join us weekly, have these conversations, engage with the people in the group, share ideas. So I think, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said around some of the things that we could be doing as coaches. I don't know if you've got any additional ideas or thoughts around how to maybe support coaches further, what coaches can do to support themselves further, Gerard, or even Tony, Warren, Johnny, or anyone else in the group. Yeah, I, was just, I mean, throwing this one out there is perhaps we put it on a chat in the Twitter to say what topic would you like us to discuss most next week. So perhaps we throw it out there um, again and just get any recommendations or anything. So you could perhaps put a tweet out, share it with everyone and, and see what responses come back and almost have the, the sort of people who are listening or even others that haven't joined in yet um, put their most burning question, if you like, or topic they'd really want to discuss and drive that. And then the other thing I'd say is, you know, feel free to check out Handle. I think between the two of us and all of us, we're constantly adding new content and new stuff to think about. So I think just keeping doing what you're doing, you know, and engaging as much opportunities to talk with people, connect with people, follow people. Um, because, Listen to you know, podcasts as people, well. yeah, the podcast, I mean, the, 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 you got all, <laughs> yeah, you got to say the podcast, yeah. yeah we can all get involved in the podcast, lads. We, we'll just all chat together. <laughs> <laughs> Leave Tony out of it. No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, but there's all, it's all there, isn't it? I think, if anything, now we're in a great time with Twitter. There's so much information out there um, and just make sense of what works for you. So, yeah. All good, Yaz? Awesome. Awesome. No, definitely. I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot for hopefully for coaches to think about, and reflect on. But again, that's you know, I'll just echo what you said, Joe. I don't know if guys, if you've got any questions or themes or or, or questions, yeah, most importantly, questions that you'd like to have discussed on the topic. I think that'd be a fantastic shout. Um, make sure you're following myself and Gerard. Again, there is a weekly podcast, even if Tony doesn't listen to it. Um, every week, different guests. Obviously, these conversations go out on the on the podcast as well. Uh, Jared, I don't know if you want to share a little bit about you, Lumbly, as well. Yeah, if you click on the handle, um, we're going to be adding some more courses on there as well and, and some other cool stuff. There's already a lot of good stuff already from European academies, things that I've done across different courses, different topics, some insights into um, Arsenal, Leeds, Celtic, some MLS stuff. So there's loads of content across different levels. So definitely check it out um, and, and, you know, you can download the app for free and listen to some of the, the, the interviews as well. Did one recently, we just added with Sammy Landers, a substitution specialist. And, and again, you know, uh, the Football Coaches Network podcast, which has got the, the Coaches Network podcast, got unbelievable content. So I think between the two of us, you know, just keep listening. 100%. Um, guys, you know, it's been a pleasure. Another great conversation. Hopefully, look forward to seeing you guys next week as well. Please make sure you're sharing the conversations, encouraging more people to be part of the community because that's what this is all about. We need to try and grow this coaching community. I think there's not enough support for coaches, especially amongst each other. And sometimes that, you know, there could be a bit of a distance and a, a bit of a reluctance to engage in conversation. So, Warren, Johnny, Tony, thank you very much for being involved tonight. Um, Warren, I know it's your first time getting involved, so massive congratulations on that. Look forward to seeing you in future conversations, but also the rest of you guys that are listening.
please get involved, get in, get in touch, let us know your thoughts. And until next time, guys, have a great evening. Take care. Well, there you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favourite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at The Coaches Network or on Twitter at The Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.